Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Praise God. Well, it's a privilege to have Vincent who's going to share the Word of God and I know that he's praying and believing that God is going to speak to us and I'm sure it will. Um, Vincent takes care of our prayer group and a great person to be around. Uh, I know God works through him and he speaks truth into our lives uh, as a church and we pray that today he will speak the word that God has for us into our lives. Let's give him a warm welcome as he comes up in Jesus' name. Praise God. God is good. Amen. God is good. I want to take uh, the opportunity to thank the leadership of our church uh, for entrusting uh, the gifts of God in me for the house of God today. And uh, I will very quickly steal a couple of minutes in there. I believe it's Mother's Day today. Am I right? No? Next week. All right. Hold on. Hold on for next week. <laughs> so, However, I want to thank, um, uh, take uh, that uh, chance since when I was sitting there, it ran in my, my mind uh, to thank uh, the mothers in uh, the house uh, ahead of the time. If I am standing before you today, it's, called, it's because my mother was praying for me. She was praying while I was yet a little boy and taking me with her to um, women's meeting. And I will sit down uh, playing with those small toys, the cars and things like that, and not knowing what's going on, just waiting for mom to finish. So I was, at very young age, um, used to be brought in the house of God, not necessarily because I was in the youth or in Sunday school, but just be in the house of God when something was happening in the house of God. And I saw, I grew up to see mom praying for me, and when I went astray, she cried out to God to bring me back and took me to uh, prayer meetings. That's how I was introduced into prayer meetings, and uh, uh, grew up with that, and I know the power of prayer from there. So I want to say on behalf of uh, all moms in this, houses, uh, in this house who are praying for, the children of, uh, for their children that your prayers are not going unanswered. God is hearing them, and God is answering them. And if you have a child who is not walking with the Lord, don't give up praying for them. Continue to pray for them, because what God is doing, I'm not saying what God can do, I say what God is doing, because he is already doing it. What God is doing is what you don't see. And God is still at work. So I want to honor uh, moms in this house. And I want to uh, honor moms who have gone to be with the Lord. Days such as the one coming up ahead of us uh, brings a lot of memories of pain and uh, loss and um, uh, that vacuum. And I don't take it for granted for those whose uh, moms' uh, relationship has been broken up long before I feel it for you. And I feel it with you, and I want to stand in prayer with you and pray that 
God continues to work in what he's been doing. So shall we take a minute um, and uh, pray together as uh, we pray uh, for that? I, I just got stuck with that. Forgive me. I got stuck with that as I was sitting there thinking it's Mother's Day. I don't know why it popped into my head to say it's today. And yeah, that's what I started feeling in me and said, let's honor moms in this house. Shall we do that? Shall we stand together as uh, we pray uh, this morning? Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you and give you glory. We thank you for the moms in this house. We thank you even for the spiritual moms in this house. We thank you for every mother, oh Lord God, that you have brought in this house. And we know that, oh Lord God, you are counting all their tears. And I pray today specifically for those moms who are in grief today. I pray specifically for those moms, oh Lord God, who have that burden and crying out to you today, oh Lord God. As we stand together, we lift them up before you and say, Lord, would you touch them? Would you begin to minister to them? Would you pray? Uh, would you... Uh, release them, O oh Lord God, in the fullness of your grace and your mercy. Oh Lord God, we pray for the moms to be in this house. We pray for the moms who have been in this house and say, let your grace and your mercy be upon them. We bless them today, O oh Lord God, and we anoint them and we cherish them and say, Lord, would you embrace them and give them comfort that they need in this day. And I pray specifically for those who are grieving, O oh Lord God, as we remember Lena, O oh Lord God, and um, uh, Mickey, and we remember, O oh Lord God, the other moms on this house in such a day as this, oh, such a day as um, uh, the one coming up, oh Lord God, that it brings uh, grief, it brings remembrance of pain. We cry out to you, Lord God, and say, would you comfort them? Would you strengthen them? Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name, as a church and a family, we take authority over every attack that is attacking moms and moms to be in this house. In Jesus' mighty name, I curse you, uh, Satan, and your power, and I curse the power of... Um, um, uh, ovarian cancer, I curse the power of um, the breast cancer and I curse the power of all the, um, um, the, the type of things that attacks uh, specifically moms and uh, women in Jesus' mighty name. We release them in the fullness of God's grace and mercy and say, oh Lord God, let your mercy be upon them. We thank you because by your stripes we are healed. Even as we took communion today, oh Lord God, we release your full anointing upon moms in this house and speak healing for those, oh Lord God, who are fighting every battle, oh Lord God, of sickness. Those moms in this house fighting for their children or for themselves, oh Lord God. Every battle of sickness in Jesus' mighty name. We speak healing and grace. We speak healing and grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you this morning. As I surrender myself to you, I say, would you come and take over? Empty vessel, oh Lord God. You have chosen, O Lord God, so that you may speak, so that you may minister to us, so that you may, O Lord God, encounter with us. I come to you and I say, let everything in me, Lord, Lord God, or diminish so that you may increase, O Lord Jesus. Let that, O Lord God, nothing in me will hinder the, the delivery of your word today. Let Christ arise, O Lord God. Forgive me, O Lord God, of my sins, O Lord, and let Christ arise in this house today. And let the power of Holy Spirit and the gift of Holy Spirit be at work today in Jesus' mighty name we pray and we say amen. Amen. We may be seated in the presence of the Lord. John chapter 6, verse 60 to 71. Bible says, Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is, hard. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew it, 
knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What, when if you see, what then if you see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who, uh, who, were, who they were who did not believe. And who would betray him? And Jesus said, and he said, Therefore, I have said to you that uh, no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked, uh, walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you? The twelve of you, uh, did I not choose you the twelve? And one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. If I could, I could title this message today, I say, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? This passage comes straight after Jesus has fed the multitude with five loaves and two fishes. And as Jesus has fed the multitude, the number of people who began to see the miracles began to increase, and they started following Jesus. They were satisfied. They were fed. They were happy. You know, we live in a world where everything is so real. People are real. Problems are real. Challenges are real. Friends are real. And yet, we have virtual in the driving room, uh, in the engine room. We have the virtual community. We have a social community, which lies on the virtual. We even have virtual assistants. You call up and you speak to a machine, a virtual assistant, who finally, somehow, in some companies, at the end, it says, if you would like to talk to a real person, press one. So the virtual is so real. But Jesus is very, very real. We live in a world where political correctness is a thing that is impacting everywhere we go, everything we do. And in fact, the virtual is not aware of political correctness because it's virtual. So therefore, you get in a place, in uh, many places even, the preaching of the Word of God has somewhat become acquainted to the, vir the virtual world we live in so that it doesn't offend somebody, so that people don't leave you, so that people will be happy with you. In this passage of the Scripture, I want to share two points, two main points. And the two main points, one is it is hard to follow Jesus, and the second one it is, but Jesus is our only hope. 
It is hard to follow Jesus, but yet he is our only hope. It is not so easy because we can easily get offended when we hear the words of Jesus. When the word of Jesus comes to us, it can challenge us to a degree where we go, no, this is hard to understand. The point one, why can the words of Jesus be easily offending if I'm allowed to say so, quote-unquote? Because, one, Jesus' teaching is radical. Jesus' teaching is radical. He doesn't water it down. He doesn't make it simple and easy so that you will not be offended. He makes it so real that it challenges you. It breaks the ties. It sets you free. It actually, Bible says, the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword that it penetrates and it, breaks, it cuts asunder flesh and spirit. The word of God is so real and Jesus is so radical in speaking his word even today. If we read in uh, John chapter 6 uh, verse 15, it says, Therefore when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him and make him, uh, take him by force to make him a king, he departed again from, uh, to the mountain by himself alone. Why did Jesus depart at a time? This is the verse before the ones we read just now, where Jesus, after he has been doing miracles, after he has been speaking and healing and teaching, and they were so amazed to see the power of God at work through Jesus. And they say, wow, this is the man that we need. Remember, Israelites at that time, they were under oppression. They were looking for how to overthrow the Romans. They were looking for how to get themselves set free. And then here comes Jesus, full of power, full of authority, full of knowledge, full of grace of God, full of power of God, full of miracles. And everything he did, it happened. And they go, wow, this is the kind of leader we need. And as they were about to come and take him and say, you know what? We can nominate you. We can just put you right into there. We can just put you right up there and you will just lead. With the power you have, we believe nothing is impossible with you. Yes, Jesus' teaching is radical, could not be manipulated. He could not be manipulated. They wanted to use Jesus for their political advantage. They wanted to use Jesus for their political uh, incentives. We see that in many places. In the name of Jesus, I can do this and that and start using Jesus, start using um, uh, the teaching of Jesus to manipulate people. But Jesus' teaching is radical, is not manipulative. It's so real. The word of God is so real. And second point, the, uh, the teaching of Jesus is countercultural. It's not cultural bound. The teaching of Jesus, the word of God, is not cultural bound. That's why the Jews were offended when they saw Jesus, all the things that he did. It was countercultural to the Jewish culture. And they go, wait, man, hang on a minute here. We don't understand what you're talking about. And listen to this. As Jesus was teaching them in uh, uh, verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 16 to 18, Jesus said this. Jesus answered, the kingdom of God is not of this world. It is, uh, if it were, my servant would fight, uh, would fight and to prevent my arrest by the Jew. But my kingdom is, or is not of this realm. This is Jesus answering Philip as he was being trialed in chapter 17. Jesus' teaching 
is not of this culture. It's not of this world. It's not something that we can change and manipulate to satisfy ourselves or to fit ourselves into it so that we can get incentives or advantage of something. It is of supernatural realm. It is of heavenly realm. It is of kingdom realm. The kingdom of God we're speaking about. In chapter 6, verse 48 to uh, 51, it says, I am the bread of life. They go, whoa, man, hang on a minute. You are real. You are not virtual. You are not an avatar. You are not an emoticon. You are not an emoji. You are real. We see you. We know you. Though we know you can do miracles, you are who we see here, Jesus. And he says, but I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they are dead. This is the bread which, which, comes, from down, uh, which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give him is my flesh. They go, whoa, hang on a minute. This is not in our culture. What are you teaching us? What are you speaking about? We know bread. Remember, these are the people who knew how to make bread. In our days, chapati, roti, uh, Lebanese bread, uh, uh, abbot bread, whatever, white bread, wholemeal bread. They knew how to make bread. They lived on bread. That's their primary, uh, the staple food. They knew bread. And yet Jesus says, I am the bread that you need. They go, this is offensive. This is countercultural. This is not in our culture. So when the children, of, uh, the, the Jews, began to murmur and say, no, 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 this is hard saying in chapter 6, verse 60. They said, this is a hard saying. What they were saying is not, no, 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 this is hard. They were saying this is difficult to understand. We don't agree with this. If we translate the word, the original hard, we don't agree with what you're saying. We have to challenge what you are saying. We have to search back what are you trying to say because this is not easy to understand. This is, they were not saying this is complex. They were not saying this is complicated. They were saying we don't agree with it. We live in a society where even when you preach the word of God, easy can come out and say, I don't agree with you. We live in a society where it's so common to even say, I agree to disagree. It becomes so common, not just because it's hard. It's actually, I don't want to contend with you. I don't want to argue with you. But you know what? Let's split part. Let be, okay, you keep your opinion. You keep your views. You keep your understanding. But I am not of that understanding. So they were saying to Jesus, this is hard to understand. This is not easy to understand. This is a different teaching. This is something we have never heard of. This is something totally different. And Jesus say, stand there and said, I am the bread of life. If you eat of this bread, you will hunger no more. You will thirst no more. For I am the wine of life. I am the water of 
life. If you drink of this water that I'll give you, you will have life-living water in you, flowing from you. And they go, no, 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 this is so difficult. We cannot understand this. Jesus was found difficult to follow. Jesus was found hard to understand. He was found hard to comprehend. They agreed to disagree with him, and suddenly they depart. I'm not talking about, or Bible is not talking about the 12 or the 70. There were a multitude of people who were following him as they were seeing Jesus uh, doing miracles. It's just like how today we have that culture of followers, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I'm following you and you're following this and we're following each other and things like that. They were sympathetic to just see Jesus for one reason, because he fed them. If we read in verse 26 to 27, he says, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you have seen the sign, but because you, have, because you ate of the loaves and you were filled. Because your needs are satisfied. Same with us. In LinkedIn, in whatever, who knows them? You know? Can't go on mentioning them, but you know, we follow because we agree with somebody. They were agreeing with Jesus meeting their needs, and then they were following him. They began to follow him. Those are the disciples who actually, at that moment when Jesus began to give them the real food of God, the real word of God, the radical word of God, the un un uh, uncontendable word of God, the unchallengeable word of God, and they were, whoa, this is difficult. We cannot agree with this. And you know what? We leave you alone because we are not going to agree with you. We better part ways. And they forgot that Jesus was their only hope. They forgot that Jesus was their only hope. Jesus wants to meet all your needs. Not just the needs of, needs of your stomach. Not just the needs of your employment. Not just the needs of your financial needs. Not just the needs of today. He wants to meet all your needs. And he says, you are following me because you saw I met all your needs here. Here, you miss the point. In John chapter 14, verse 13 to 14 says this, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that my Father may be glorified, uh, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask what? Anything. If you ask what, church? anything. And he said, not only your physical needs, even your spiritual needs, even your emotional needs, even your health needs, even your children's needs, even your children's children's needs, even your children's 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 needs, even anything you ask, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified. Jesus wants to meet all our needs, not just today's needs. He wants to meet our needs for tomorrow as well. He wants to meet our needs for generations to come. He wants to meet our needs, even the needs that we don't really know, that we really have this need. This is the thing that we need to meet as a need. And this, if it met, all our needs are satisfied. Jesus wants to meet even those needs. What is your need today? Jesus says, I want to meet all your needs. Whatever you ask, I will do it. He says, I will do it. He did not say, I will ask the angels to do it. I will ask so and so to do it. I will do it. He took charge. He took responsibility. He took ownership and said, if you ask, I will do it so that the Father will be glorified. 
At this point, those many disciples missed the point and they decided to depart. They were like, no, this is a hard teaching. We're not going to agree with you. We're not going to stand with you. I want to tell you today, as many disciples turned away, listen to this. John chapter 6, verse 61 says, And when Jesus knew in himself that the disciples were complaining about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? Question is, does the word of God offend you? We have people today moving from place to place. Even some are thinking of moving to outer space because they've been offended with others. We have people who don't talk to others because they've been offended. Does the word of God offend you? For the word of God is meant for you and I to meet all our needs. Not just part of the needs, not just the first part of it, but even our spiritual needs, even our intellectual needs, even our complex needs, even our emotional needs. The word of God is meant to meet all our needs. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says, now the Spirit expressly say that in the latter time, some will depart from, faith, from the faith, giving heed to the deceiving spirits and the doctrines of demons. My prayer is that you and I won't be found in that group of those some. My prayer is that you and I will be anchored in the word of God. My prayer is that you and I, we will find the word of God be the only thing we need. That's all we, our hope. That's all our hope. Where else can we go? What else can I do? Where else can I go and hide? Because even if it offends me, it heals me. Even if it challenges me, it lifts me up. That's what the word of God is meant to be for us. It, it challenges me. And I hate those challenges. And I go, man, you know what? This hurts. This is tough. But you know what? Yet he lifts me up and put me on a pedestal so that I stand before him and I say, Lord, I surrender to you. Because what those challenges uh, for you and I is so that we may come in the encounter with God, that we may come in the presence of God, that we may come to know who he is. Unless there are challenges, we won't know that God is the God who changes the challenges into our victory. Unless there are challenges, we won't know that God is the God who changes our test into testimonies. Unless there are challenges, we won't know that he is the God who says, let go over, not under. Unless there are challenges, and the word of God is not to challenge you and leave you with challenges, but to challenge you and lift you up, to challenge you and bring you in the presence of the Father, to challenge you and lift you higher so that you look back at those challenges and say, man, I'm glad I went through that. Now I'm better. Man, I'm glad I heard the word of God speak to me. What would, you pot what would potentially make you abandon faith today is my question. If we were to reflect, what would potentially make you abandon faith today? What would, could potentially offend you? What could potentially make you stumble as the many who met, um, had their needs met? I tell you one thing, what could potentially offend me 
is when I don't want to surrender to Jesus and I want him to meet my needs. Full stop. That's just one point. And I go, well, you know what? You are a God who meets the needs. So here I am. Would you meet my needs here? I have men, many of them. And present them to him. And as he meets my needs. But if I do not surrender to Jesus, that when I will find offense in the word of God. That when I will find offense when the word of God begins to challenge me. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to leave away? Do you also want to go away? Today, Jesus is asking you and I, as the word of God can challenge you, as the word of God can bring you in that place where you begin to hear God speaking things which are challenging you, and you go, this is hard to understand. Do you also want to go away? We've come in a generation, we live in a generation where if you begin to speak about uh, sin and holiness, you'll be alone with your wife in the church. Or maybe with your close friends only. If you begin to speak about uh, total surrender, people begin to find out, no, this is too hard to follow. You know what? I want to go to that church where they speak about prosperity, victory. You know what? Because I have so many needs. I need prosperity. I need victory. I need breakthrough. And if you preach about breakthrough, you, speak, you begin to encourage people about breakthrough and prosperity. Yes, I will be there. will be many of us there. But you know what? If you begin to speak about holiness and separating yourself from, the sin, from sin and from the system of this world, and you go, you know what? This is so difficult. You don't understand. This is a real world, my friend. This is not a virtual world. It's not Facebook. This is real world. I'm facing real problems. You know, you can stay with your word, and I will go to the other church where they, they will preach at least the word that I want to hear. It's now we are manipulating. As, as Christians, we are manipulating the word of Jesus. We are manipulating to meet our needs. We are manipulating to meet our hunger rather than begin to press in the presence of God. We start becoming like those many disciples who were finding it offensive and say, you know what? This is hard to understand. I don't agree with you. That's why we live in churches and moving away. That's why we begin to, to, to migrate and go, you know what? I've been going to that church, but you know what? I don't agree with them on this point. I'm going there. I don't agree with them on that song. I go there. I don't agree with them on that preaching on that day. I go to this other one. Oh, my friend, the word of God is beckoning us now to come back in the presence of God. The word of God is beckoning us, you and I, to come back in the presence of God. What would make you abandon faith? I'm not talking just about abandoned church. I'm not talking just about stop going to your life group. I'm not talking about stop going to, to youth. I've met somebody who once told me and said, you know what, my children don't go to that church youth. I said, why? Because I didn't agree with their teaching. Oh, my friend, did you search the word of God? Maybe you need to begin to praise the Lord. Make me a Berean disciple. When I hear the word of God, I go and start searching the scriptures. Where is it in the scriptures? Unless it's in here, I won't believe it. And if it's in here, Lord, help me. Why is it challenging me? I want to see that you set me free in this moment. It is time, church, as we've been praying for revival, as we've been praying, God, would you revive us? This is revival, that we begin to see the word of God fully satisfying, not just need satisfying, not just uh, want satisfying, but fully satisfying, because the word of God is meant to be fully satisfying. The word of God is meant to challenge you and I. Unless the word of God begins to challenge me, oh, I am just scratching the surface, maybe even further away from that, I'm just us, uh, maybe not even getting closer unless the word of God begins to challenge me daily then I cannot see revival in my own life 
What would potentially make you abandon faith? What would potentially make you walk away? Only Jesus has the word of eternal life, said Simon Peter in chapter 6, verse 63, and said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life, Jesus answered the disciples. It is spirit. It is the spirit who gives life. The word of God is spirit. If I start finding offense there, that's the moment I begin to cry out to God and say, God, would you let your spirit now begin to open my eyes of understanding that I may understand this. That's why I'm finding it offensive. That's why I'm finding it difficult, When, especially when it comes to issues of sin and holiness. Lord, I don't want anyone to tell me and say, brother, you have to stop that habit of yours. Who are you to tell me? Who are you to tell me, brother, you have to stop that habit of yours? Who are you? Are you holy? Are you this? Are you that? Word of God says, it is meant to challenge you and I. It is meant to challenge you and I. Unless I stop that habit, I will not see the glory of God in the days of my life. I will not see the glory of God in the land of the living. Revival is here. Are you ready? Revival is here. Are you ready, church? It is time to begin to seek God and say, Lord, I want to surrender now. I don't want to be like the many who left at that time. I want to be like the 12. I want to be at least like Peter who said, where else shall we go? To whom else shall we go? Because you have the words of life. Simon Peter answered in 60, uh, 68 uh, to 69 and said, But Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, I love this, also we have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is apologetic. Why do you believe? Why do you stand there even when the word of God begins to challenge you? This is the defense of my faith. This is the defense of your faith. Lord, I've come to believe that you are the son of God, the living God. You are the son of the living God and your words give life. My prayer today as I'm, I'm getting to, uh, to conclusion, I can call the, uh, the team back. My prayer today is that you come to a revelation like Simon Peter and say, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else can I go, Lord Jesus? Pastor Jess said it many a times. Church cannot help you. Church cannot save you. Church cannot set you free. Let alone religion cannot set you free. The word of God, the spirit of God, the grace of God. Unless you and I, we begin to agree and say, Lord, I surrender. I want to surrender today. I want to surrender to you and say, let your word just do what you meant for it for me today. That's the calling of revival. That's the calling of revival. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Lord, your word is life and life-giving. Should be our cry today. Should be our prayer today. Question is, are you using Jesus for personal gain? Like the many who departed from him. Are you using Jesus just to meet your needs? Are you going to prayer just because you have needs? Or just because you really 
want to surrender and say, Lord, I cannot surrender enough. Lord, I cannot surrender enough and see your grace and your mercy. I cannot surrender enough and see revival in my own life. I cannot surrender enough and see you touch me today. I believe the word of God is so clear and so meant for you and I today. What will make you abandon faith? Maybe it is time you begin to mention that to the Lord and say, Lord, I surrender. This is the only thing that will make me abandon faith. It's not that so-and-so will say this, that will offend me. But maybe this is what will make you abandon faith. Shall we stand to our feet today? My prayer today is that the thing that could cause you to stumble, the thing that could cause you and I to miss the promises of God, to miss the visitation of God, today is the time. Today is the day that we can surrender that to God. Are we ready? As we sing this song together, let it be our prayer and our cry to the Lord.